They describe their music as post-punk campfire songs, which is so spot on. If you look at the musical chops of each member of this band, this is a lot more than a rock band. This is kind of a super group. I'm really excited to welcome to the PRP studio and to all the subculture listeners, Sunday State. Hey, guys. Hey, Hey, how are you doing? Hello. Doing all right. Doing all right. So we are recording this remotely. I, and, and I am going to take your word for it, but I, I want everybody to, to introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Kurt Foster, the singer of Sunday State. Michael Carruthers, I'm one of the guitar players. Steve Turner, I'm the other guitar player. <laughs> Jeremy Dietz, and I am the only bass player so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And we are missing Tom. We are missing your drummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it always the drummer? Why? What? What's the Spinal Tap thing? Why is it always the drummer that never shows up to an interview? You know, Tom has a good excuse right now. Okay. <laughs> he uh, he actually uh, has he, he injured his shoulder the other day, so oh. we told him to uh, to take it easy. We'll give you a pass on this one, Tom, but the next time, the next time you better be there. All right, Michael and Kurt, the two of you joined forces to create some music together, and we're going to dive into how Sunday State came about, but I want to jump into some music first. You're actually treating us to some stripped down tunes tonight, which is really great. So introduce this first song that we're going to hear. Yeah, so this is just uh, us kind of in the backyard doing acoustic versions of a couple songs. This first one's uh, called Fields of Grass. Um, And without boring anyone too much about what it's about, but uh, without trying to be overly political, kind of a wandering tune about um, spending a lot of time in baseball fields and parks during the lockdowns, (laughs) uh, as well as watching our our ex-president walk across the grass at the White House. Ah, Uh, Kind of the, uh, basically just kind of that, those two images in my are are locked in my brain forever of uh, me and my kids spending time in giant fields uh, away from people, but wanting to get outside. Right. And dealing with the claustrophobia and the pain uh, of the time that we were living through. So, yeah, without it's also not super dark and deep. <laughs> it's a fun tune. So, but yeah, that's kind of a was this was this one of the kind of the earlier ones that we wrote. For, for the record? Yeah, yeah. It was early in the earlier days, yeah. Fantastic. Well, this is Sunday State with Fields of Grass on Portland Radio Project. See? 
The backyard vibe in the song, you guys, that was fantastic. Um, <laughs> when the lockdown was, you know, at its most um, intense, uh, that's, I mean, this is where we got together and, and were able to work. Yeah, a lot of songs happen in the backyard. A lot of backyard going on. I like it. All right, well, so let's talk about how you guys got together. So Michael and Kurt, the two of you joined forces to create some music together. Was the intention to build a band, or was it to just kind of keep the creative juices flowing? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, it just started with Michael and I have known each other since the mid-'90s, playing in bands in Portland, and you know, have, have stayed in touch to a certain degree, but we ended up in the same part of Portland uh, together, and Michael mentioned having having some demos in, in the mix, uh, which is putting it mildly. He's got <laughs> prolific on creating uh, content, so we just started getting together on a weekly basis and kind of banging out some rough stuff in the basement, and then uh, realized that it was that we you know were really digging it and that it was uh, really working, and the two of us worked really well together. And then it kind of just organically happened from there that we um, we pulled in other players. Uh, Michael knew Steve, and um, Jeremy and I go way back playing music as well. And Tom has done a lot of work with Michael. And it just became, yeah, you know, uh, we were we were serious about uh, making the music, but it wasn't like, oh, we're gonna make a make a band and we're gonna do all the stuff. It just kind of all fell into place, and mm -hmm. we all worked really well together. And it just kind of happened. So, yeah, I don't know beyond that kind of kind of how it went down and yeah we've just been really enjoying it. i think all of us have just been like yeah this is this is great it's just easy there's something nice about uh being at this point in our lives being a little older uh guys and um priorities like not not feeling the pressure of it but just mm -hmm. really enjoying the process and the creative process and we all come from real diverse backgrounds um in music but have a lot of shared passion for a lot of the same stuff as well and I, i've actually really enjoyed getting to know these guys just from a having a, you know, everyone has album collections that I haven't heard. And we spend half of uh, practices talking about great records that we, we all like and maybe, you know, sharing stuff back and forth, which is also really fun. Oh, all right. So that I, I love that. So tell me what some of your favorite bands are. Tell me what some of the influences that you're each bringing to the table. That's make made Sunday state Sunday state. Oh man. Where do we start? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there definitely is both some proto-punk in there, or at least mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, definitely with, I would guess, with Steve's influence as well, and uh, post-punk. But, I mean, we all really like very song or, or singer-songwriter-oriented songs, no matter what the genre is. So, say, like, you know, where I like something like Echo on the Bunny Men, you know? I mean, it's very, <sighs> we've got a good post-punk angular thing going on, but yeah. it's so incredibly song-based. And it all revolves around, you know, the voice. Uh, so, probably one of the probably one of the mo most obvious or easy ones, especially having Scott get involved and then Ken as well. 
his early REM records, you know, the four of us and, and Tom would all agree that those were important uh, moments in time in terms of kind of post-punk and, and um, that jangly guitar sound of that mm-hmm. time. And that band being, again, very song-driven song uh, and singer-driven in a lot of ways. But yeah, everything from, you know, we, we talk about the birds and, you know, heavy punk bands and all, all kinds of different things that we like. But um, yeah, it just was, it's, it's been really fun kind of sharing those influences and, and seeing them pop up in the, in the music as well. Yeah. Do you sit around and, and pull out the vinyl and, and just play albums and kind of go through that little retrospective? Yeah, we definitely have spent time, um, you know, yeah, just playing records and uh, sitting around having a, having a drink and enjoying the, the tunes. I think the Michael and I have a pretty clear understanding by the time we propose something to the guys, kind of where it's headed and what it's going to do. Um, obviously, during COVID times, we've shared a lot of stuff uh, over the Internet and the passing files back and forth. And sure. I was, yeah. I was in for a handful of months, and so we were doing some of that as well. And so um, the beauty is, you know, we never know exactly where it's going to land, but we're pretty clear on kind of what where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the other thing that really happened nicely and organically was that we developed a sound pretty quickly. I mean, there's very diverse songs on the on the record, um, but it doesn't, I, you know, of course, I'm biased. It don't To me, it doesn't sound disjointed at all. It all kind of makes sense and works together, um, partly because of my understanding of who we are and, and what we like. But um, yeah, but we bring it to the band and then it morphs and evolves and changes and, and becomes you know, the final product. Yeah, there's definitely a cohesiveness in the music. Absolutely. It is not an album that you sit and listen to and, and say, well, that, that, that pu- those puzzle pieces aren't fitting together. You see the picture. You definitely uh, see the picture. Well, you know, Larry, Larry Crane, who mm-hmm. uh, ran the helm for both the first EP and, uh, and the majority of, of, the, of the self-titled record, uh, Larry's a big believer in that uh, the best bands have a sound. And I really feel like he did a good job or just an excellent job of helping us, you know, bring into focus what was naturally recurring or occurring with ours. Yeah, we, 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 we kind of it's like at this point in music for me, I want to be comfortable in what I'm doing. But at the same time, I want to push the envelope, too, and not just get, get overly comfortable. So having somebody like Larry really steer it and be like, OK, this here are the guardrails a little bit. And here's here's you know where we want to stay is is super helpful you know so you're not you're not wandering around. And I think I could say without speaking for everybody, but I think we're also all really fans of albums, like full albums. When I give people stuff, um, I always say you know our stuff or any music I've done is like, can you listen to the whole thing? You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> rather than pulling part. You know, we all have a tendency to go towards a song here or there, or your favorites change, or whatever. But I think we really did want to create this experience of like sit down and enjoy it from track one to the end. Um, because I think we worked hard to kind of place the songs in a certain order and, and have there be that relationship between, you know, all the songs uh, yeah, on the album. So yeah. the last song on side A to the first song on side B is a very important uh, yeah. change. Yeah. And the, and the third song on side A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you brought up Larry Crane. So I, I'd like to talk a little bit about the difference between Mono, which you released in 2019, versus Sunday State, your first actual full-length 
album that got released earlier this year. Talk a little bit about the difference in the recording process for those albums. Well, mono, the the recording of that record, uh, as far as it being a, the group dynamic happened very, very fast. So as, you know, Kurt said, uh, he and I had been, you know, just doing home recording and pretty much had mapped everything out. Um, and then we really liked where everything was going. So like, you know, the obvious thing to do is like, well, let's go in the studio and record it. So, you know, Tom was a really easy shoe in because I've done so much work with him, but also he just, he's a really amazing drummer to work with. And then I just haphazardly asked Steve if he wanted to play bass on it. And he said, yes. <laughs> and so we, I, I think I'm remembering correctly that I think we only did two full rehearsals of showing the guys the six songs and we went wow. to the studio and, and did it and did it, uh, kind of predominantly live uh, to 16 track. We did the whole thing, you know, to, you know, to tape, uh, even mixed to tape and mastered to tape. And not, not really for any reasons of trying to be a purist about things. But uh, oddly enough, uh, it, with as much as, uh, particularly with Kurt and I, uh, Jeremy too, have recorded with Larry with other bands, uh, I asked Larry, I was like, have you ever recorded, done a record to mono? And I thought he was going to be like, oh, yeah, a bunch. He's like, no, I never have. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, well, let's do a record to mono. And he was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, it it really went very fast. I don't what we were probably only in the studio. A couple days. A couple days, yeah. and then we mixed it. Yeah. Wow. It was done. It was quick. Yeah. yeah it was, it's, a, it's a very stripped down record, though, too, yeah. compared yeah. to, like, the, the LP. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we weren't trying to be retro in the approach of it, but just the rawness and of capturing it quickly and, and a bit raw was, was the intention. And, and uh, you know, I think you, you hear that. And to Steve's point, obviously, we went quite a bit deeper on the full-length record and bringing other people in and other, and other uh, yeah, other people involved. So, um, But it morphed. I, I feel like they do sit together nicely, and it was a, kind of a nice way to start, just kind of raw and, and right out of the gates, just jump in the studio and going for it. Did you also live track for Sunday State? Yeah, 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 yeah okay. predominantly. I mean, obviously, there's there's overdubs involved, but a lot of it was just pretty much, you know, capturing, always trying to capture the drums and bass and get the rhythm section down. But you know, we got a lot more than that, pretty much right out of right out of the gate. Because I don't, I don't think we, I think every every live guitar was used, and that's just those were the rhythm tracks. Like, yeah. why would you want to redo it? That's fine. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to hear another song from Sunday State, but before we jump into Write the Letters, there's a particular cover that you do, Sundown. I want you to talk about that cover because it's just, it's so clever. It's such a, first of all, musically, it's fantastic, but it's just one of those AM gold songs that you would never think of somebody covering, and you just did a phenomenal job. Talk about the inspiration behind that. I don't even know if it was so much that it was any just I think it's once again a lot of our covers stem from us just we, we'll end up talking about a song and and then you know we always want to kind of breathe our own you know our own you know element of light uh, of life into it um but I mean that one it's just it's such a weird song by the way the structure of it is because it's two lines and then the chorus two more lines and then the chorus mm -hmm. and I mean you would think that if somebody were just to map it out and say, hey, we're going to write a song and it's going to be this way, you'd be like, 
that song will never fly. But <laughs> right. obviously it's a great song. And uh, as you probably know from watching that documentary, and I didn't realize this until long after it was done, um, that for the just there's so many covers of his songs because he's such a great songwriter. But oddly enough, that one is not that not that covered. It's yeah, very, yeah. I just was kind of like, wow. I thought there was going to be a ton of them. Yeah. But it was it was funny because with um, you know, you, you had mentioned you know the supergroup thing before. You know, really, in, in speaking for at least the Portland community, and I'm sure Steve would say probably, you know, definitely with Seattle too. It's just that you kind of, I mean, we all kind of live here together, and mm-hmm. you just get to know people. And you know, sometimes it's like, you know, it, it definitely is like, oh, I, mean, I really like that person as a songwriter. I'd love to play with them, and you just look for excuses. <laughs> uh, so with with Scott, he and I lived in the same neighborhood for years, and um, so I would, you know, always see him out and about. Um, but I mean, kind of everybody knows Scott from all the way back when he was a he was a, uh, a he worked in the what was this record store again? Steve? He worked at Cellophane Square in Seattle when I was a teenager. Yeah, so like <laughs> Steve goes back that far. He's got way better stories than I do with, with Scott. But but literally, I um I uh, we had just started working on the record and we had already we'd already recorded you know basically all the tracks to Sundown. Yeah, and uh, Steve hadn't done his part yet. And um, as, as as it is with Scott, Scott loves to walk. And I was driving around my old neighborhood. And there was Scott with his great big furry hat on. And I pulled over and said, "Hey!" And I uh, told we were talking about what we were up to. And I was like, "Yeah, was like you know, we're we're in the studio working on a song." I was like, "Would you like to to work on you know anything with us?" And he, I had mentioned that we did this cover of Sundown, and he's like, "I actually watched that documentary on a plane ride home." He goes. <laughs> And he was he was really interested. He goes, yeah. He goes, that that sounds like fun, and like that's kind of as simple as that happened. And um, you know, he and he enjoyed things enough that we ended up you know working on a couple of other songs, which turned out really well. All right. Well, this is Sunday State with Write the Letters, and uh, you are listening to Subculture on Portland Radio Project. One, two, three, and.
to Sunday State from outstanding other bands. Are there upcoming projects that are in the works? You looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm in Mud Honey, and we've been, you know, patient for the last, you know, 15 months. Uh, the last music I played was a show with Mud Honey, and uh, it was actually Leap Year, you know, 2000 or 220 2020 wow. and uh, we played uh, February 29th in Joshua Tree. Oh, that's right. <laughs> wow. And then recorded a little bit of music with uh, the Melvins, Mark and I did. And so that, you know, I kind of felt like everything just went on to, you know, standstill, put it on ice for a while. But we've been, you know, slowly, you know, making plans to record more. We're going to record in uh, September. And uh, we've got some reissues in the works that are coming out soon. Oh, uh, very cool. Bended, expansive reissues stuff. So that, that's kind of been fun to work on during the downtime. Anybody else? Yeah, um, myself and Jeremy, uh, Kurt speaking. We have a band called Mission Spotlight. And yes. We've uh, been playing together for quite a long time. And we're, we've got a show coming up at the Subtle Lodge over in Sisters, Oregon. And we're finishing up some recording, actually back with Larry. We've done most of our stuff over the years with Larry. Larry and I go way back into the 90s. And so we're finishing up uh, a few songs with him in the next month or so. And uh, yeah, just looking for, you know, again, more opportunities to play out when, when that becomes more possible. Um, we did a full-length record with um, Jason Lytle a couple, year, a couple years ago at Map Room here in Portland. Um, and then I've got a, my band that I came to Portland with called Worthington. We're doing a big re-release, and that was one of Larry's first records that he did in the Jack, the old Jackpot space. So we're excited about that. He just remixed, and we remastered that. So that'll be coming out uh, probably next fall. Cool. Cool. And then I had a record that was uh, scheduled to release, be released with my other band, Paper Cameras, which uh, my songwriting partner in that is Nathan Jr. Um, he's played with everybody from uh, like Danny Warhols to Seawolf and M. Ward and whatnot. Uh, but we went, uh, I guess it was the, yeah, it was the fall before the whole COVID thing went down. We went to uh, Memphis and did some songs with uh, Bruce Watson uh, from uh, Fat Possum. He's one of the owners. And he has a really cool studio there called uh, Bible and Tire. So uh, Nathan and I just, went basically I'm, I'm originally from tennessee and also lived in mississippi we just went we went down there with just each an electric guitar and songs that were mostly written but uh did some tracks with bruce and then went down uh to dialback studios which is in water valley and uh worked with uh some of the guys from uh, uh drive by truckers uh matt Patton uh owns that studio there and uh, also my buddy Bronson produced it, did a great job. But, the, I mean, that record is done. It's all pressed up. But every time I went to try to figure out how to release it in 2020, there was something that came along and clotheslined me. So um, I'm just trying to figure out how 
out of what's now retro retroactively get that record out. Yeah. It's a great record. You guys have managed to keep incredibly busy over a year where most of us felt like we were doing absolutely nothing. I'm looking forward to hearing all of that great new music. Song hoarders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys have a show coming up, which I think is pretty cool because it is it is about time to see some live music again. And this is the kind of music that I know I like to hear live. You're playing at Strum Guitar on Friday, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. How'd that come about? And and before you answer that, and you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, what has it been like over this past year to not actually be able to go and, and have that kind of face-to-face outreach with folks at venues and, and be able to have that interaction with an audience? What's that been like? So And, and how antsy are you to actually make it happen again? Well, we'll give that question to Steve. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that sums it up. Because well. all of you guys come from a, a, an extensive touring background. I mean, you've all been so integral in the music industry that it, how, how, how stifling and paralyzing it must feel to have not been able to do that. Yeah, I, I think for, uh, well, Steve's been on the road a lot more than I ever have. But He's above our pay grade. <laughs> He's above our pay grade, yeah. But at, at the same time... Um, I would say I miss more being being an audience member than anything. Like yeah. I mean, I I, I, lo- I can't wait to play as well. But I think part of it for people like us that have been in Portland a long time, and so many of the reasons that we came here, and so many of the reasons that we stayed, are uh, are because of the uh, of the music scene, and because right. there's just so many great people in town to see local local. You know, the local scene is great, but people coming through, you know, there's just there was just always yeah. so much music going on. So to have that just basically disappear overnight um, was was tough. Has been really tough, and all the venues that we that we play in ourselves, as well as have seen a lot of our heroes over the years, it's really it's really tough to see them boarded up and and uh, blacked out. So yeah, um, we're we're excited. Strum is an awesome place. We've played there a few times. It's an absolutely beautiful space, uh, and uh, yeah, kind of feels starting to feel like a second home for us. So we're excited to get in there and, and play and. Uh, you know, it's a limited audience, and uh, you know, there's still plenty of reason for people to want to be um, safe and all that. So we're, you know, people will be masked up and all that, but we'll it'll be good to see good to see people out and enjoying themselves and yeah. uh, and yeah. uh, music. So the, the funniest thing is the last show I went to was Sunday State because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't actually playing yes, right. with you guys at that particular point. That's so that right. was actually the last show I went to. Yeah, it was yeah, so. basically maybe two nights before the lockdown yeah. kicked in. Wow. We played a show at Strum. Yeah, at you, Strum. You, you manifested your destiny on that one for sure. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Are there still tickets available? Can folks still pick up tickets? Ooh. I believe so. Yeah, okay. I think so. Okay, you have great. to uh, direct limited. Yeah. yeah. You'd have to direct message uh, the venue. Okay. Yeah. Via right. Instagram, I think. Okay. Any other shows planned in the near future or just kind of taking it day by day and seeing how things get mapped out relative to venues reopening? Um, yeah, no, we, we're going to be playing more during the summer. So okay. uh, just still kind of waiting to hear back from some spots as everybody understandably and particularly in the last few days is reconfiguring uh, what's going to happen. Right. Well, we got August 6th, right? Uh, we're at a sweet yeah. Yeah. 
What's happening on August 6th? Uh, Alberta Street Pub. We're oh, nice. Outside there, yeah. All right, fantastic. Yeah, in the works for uh, July, but nothing confirmed. Okay. Where can people pick up your music? Pretty much any streaming service. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, like everybody else, we're in a logjam of trying to wait to get the vinyl out. So who knows when on that one? Yeah. yeah. Bandcamp's always a good spot. Yeah, Bandcamp is a great spot. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will make sure to post on our website where folks can pick up your music. And I'll also make sure to put a link there for strum guitars. So if there are any tickets still available, folks can grab those. Um, hey, you guys, I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me, share your music with our listeners. It's, it, it's, it, it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. We really appreciate it.